Well, hello everybody. This is Lori Handlers, your host, and you have just tuned in to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. I greet you in peace, and I, of course, am, as always, am thrilled to be here with you. Today's show is really hot. It's it's a cooker. It's something very little talked about these days, at least maybe in the Tantra world. The first segment is going to be like, how do you talk to your doctor about sex? What do you actually really want to talk to your doctor about in the arena of sex? And, you know, knowing probably, I hate to say this, but this is just my cynicism, that most doctors really don't know anything about sex. <laughs> so it's, it's funny to ask them stuff, but my guest today knows better probably than most doctors, and she's going to be t- teaching us and coaching us about what to ask doctors about sex. And my second segment of the show, we're going to be talking about romance again. You know, I've been doing this series on men and romance, but today we're going to be talking to a couple, a Tantra couple, who recently got married. And we're going to talk about how they're keeping their romance alive and whether anything's changed since they married. And, you know, I've had many polyamory guests on, and now I'm going to talk about, I don't know if they're monogamous or not, but we're going to talk about what it's like to, like, actually say I do. And, and see what happens from there. So stay tuned for a really, really good show, things that may be really important, especially could save your life or save your relationship. And I want to remind you right away that you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter, Laurie Handlers at Facebook, Twitter. I'm launching a new website, so I'll be letting you know about that because you'll be able to follow me on everything else as well. There's a zillion things out there to follow. But for that, for now... Twitter and Facebook will do. I love hearing from you. Write me fan mail at tantracaferadio at gmail.com. All right, so here we go. We're talking about what you need to talk to your doctor about. And my guest for this segment is Justine Marie Shuey. She goes as Juicy Justine. She's a trained sexuality educator. She's an adjunct professor She's a board-certified sexologist and gynecological teaching associate. Justine presents workshops on topics related to sex and sexuality in a very entertaining and interactive format for individuals of all ages. Justine, welcome to Tantra Cafe. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you, and it's a great subject that we're, that we're discussing today. Why would people want to talk to their doctor about sex, given what I said? I, don't, I haven't found that many doctors know much about sex. Well, you're right. Uh, a lot of doctors <laughs> don't have training in sexuality. Um, most medical schools have no training for their doctors in sexuality at all. Some have a week of what's called sex week. Uh, that's what I was actually doing last week, training medical students, uh, talking to their patients about sex and sexuality. But the reason it's important to talk to your doctor is because so many things affect your sexual functioning. And if you're not talking to your doctor about that and sharing your concerns, they don't know. For them, your medical and health um, you know, situation is most important to them. They don't care about your sex life. So you need to share with them that your sex life is important and you don't want anything that they're doing to affect your sex life. So making sure you're keeping that open communication with the, your doctor is so important. So this is really good, the topic that you bring. So what you're speaking about is like things like your age could affect uh, could affect your sex life, things like medications you're on, 
or need to take could affect your sex life. Your anxiety levels could affect your sex life. You're talking about that kind of stuff? Anything, yes. All of those things. Medication, your health. Um, if you've had a recent surgery, if you have a different sort of ability, all of those things could affect your sexual functioning um, and, and just being overall healthy sexually. So I want to get into the real meat of this with you, but before I do, of course, uh, tongue-in-cheek, I have this, you know, I have this question that I have to ask you or else I'll be distracted by it. How do medical students and doctors receive you? Uh, as a sex educator? Yeah, like you show up, you're hot, you're young, you're sexy, and, you know, do they take you seriously? Do they do they really listen to you, or do they kind of, do they give you resistance? I, I got to know this. Well, they absolutely do. So I meet with medical students in a few different ways, um, and I'm really not that much older than my medical students. In fact, some of them I went to high school with years ago, and I see them <laughs> there. And so... <laughs> They, they do take me seriously because they know the training and background I have. Um, a lot of them have a good relationship with me. They'll, they'll contact me on Facebook or email when something comes up related to sex and they're like, Justine, this, this happened to me today. What do I do? How do I respond? What are resources I can send them to? Um, so I deal with them at places like Sex Week where we're training them to talk to their doctors. And there, they absolutely, they just see me as a sex educator. Most of them don't know I'm Juicy Justine. Uh, okay. Then I also work with them as a gynecological teaching associate where I teach them how to perform breast and pelvic exams. There, they absolutely take me seriously. They don't know me as Juicy Justine. On a second okay. side, I work with the American Medical Student Association Sexual Health Scholars Program. And they all just want to learn about sex. So they're all like little sponges. And they want to learn everything they can. Okay, that's great. I hope there are a lot of doctors listening to this show today because if they haven't met you, I want them to meet you. <laughs> so so tell us a little bit, you know, in terms of the meat of this, what, what are some really important questions, like very specific questions that people should ask their doctors? Um, first thing, if they've uh, recently had maybe a surgery or something like that, how yeah. is the treatment that they're on going to affect their sexuality? What can they do? What can't they do? Oftentimes, people aren't asking about, say, the positions it's safe to get into after you've had some sort of surgery. So asking your doctor, hey, if I move like this, is it going to be a problem for me? Um, asking about the sexual side effects of different kinds of medication. Oftentimes, doctors will put you on a medication and they'll tell you, okay, it can cause nausea, it can cause vomiting, it could cause this, it could cause that. But they're not saying, oh, actually, you're going to have decreased libido from it, or you may have difficulty getting an erection or having an orgasm. They don't tell you that. So asking them ahead of time, before you get the medication, what's going on? If you notice that something's changed um, and you're having one of those sexual side effects from your medication, being able to talk to your doctor and say, hey, you know, since I've been on medication X, I haven't been able to have an orgasm. Is this related to the medication? Is there another medication that I could go on that maybe it's not going to have the same side effects, but is going to be as effective for me? So just having that open dialogue with them is very, very important. And what are, could you I mean, is the list of medications that affect 
our sexuality too long to yes. describe, or are there or are there some key ones, very popular ones that lots of people are on? Um, there's a whole very very long list. Basically, any sort of medication can affect it, but they all affect it in different ways. Um, SSRIs are a big one. Um, What's that? Beta blockers, uh, anti antidepressants and stuff okay. like that. Um, high blood pressure medication. Absolutely. Uh, anything that's going to affect circulation, um, anti-anxiety medications and things like that can also affect it. There's, there's a very long list. You can look up online and it tells you, um, because a lot of people have had similar problems and they're like, why can't I, you know, have an orgasm anymore? And then they'll look up the medication they're on. Oh, well, that's why I can't have an orgasm. So this is very prevalent. I mean, it seems to me since 9/11, this is just this is my statistic. It's not. I might have read this somewhere, but I don't think so. I think I made this up, but I, I think it's pretty accurate. Since 9/11, I I assume I would estimate that over 50 percent of the United States population is on some kind of mood altering drug. You know, like. It's like uh, some kind of an antidepressant. I just think that that boosted Prozac and Zoloft and all those things. So it would seem to me that it could be that over 50% of our population suffers from sexual side effects. And everybody wants to have more sex and juicier sex. Mm -hmm. So it's a huge and prevalent problem that we're discussing. Absolutely. But it's not just, um, you know the medications and things like that, if you have some sort of a, a different ability, um, you, you have to be able to talk to your doctor because they're like, say you get in a car accident and you can no longer walk and you still want to have sex, but your doctor's like, no, you should just be happy to be alive when you don't just want to be alive. You want to be alive and you want to have good sex. So you have to be able to talk to them and say, how can I do this in a safe and healthy way? Well, you know, it's so you, I mean, what you just raised brings up a whole, you know, the thing I was talking about with the tongue in cheek before, you know, perhaps there are certain doctors who have been around for a while who, you know, they're so troubled in their own sex lives that they, that's the response they would give to someone who doesn't walk anymore. You know, you, you should be happy to be alive and don't worry about sex. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So... It's uh, it's amazing. What else? What else should people talk? What about you know? How about uh, women who have had mastectomies, either one mastectomy or a radical double mastectomy? Do you do you come in contact with many women who have, you know, kind of like the whole, the whole sex objectification of women often revolves around breasts. What about that? Um, just being able to talk to those women. Um, provide support groups and resources for them um, so that they can, you know, get past that. Uh, there's a friend of mine, Sue Ann Mark um, from California, who does a lot of work with women and their sexuality after breast cancer. Um, anyone who's in that situation should definitely reach out to her. Uh, but just getting comfortable around your breasts the way they were versus the way they are now, getting used to them, um, and just being able to have a positive body image uh, is really difficult. So being able to have an open dialogue about that is just really important. 
Yeah, I, I would think so. I have had a number of mastectomy uh, and cancer survivors in my Tantra classes, and they they said that feeling the presence of the moment, getting into Tantra and transcending the, you know, the actual, uh, this is how my body looks, this is what, you know, this is who I am as an object, this is who I am as a being, this is who I am as a totality and I can breathe with someone and feel someone and go into sensations has helped them tremendously in recovering their self-image from having lost their breasts. So I've had that kind of experience with, with survivors, you know, myself. But I don't know if they talk to their doctors about that before it happens or if they're worried but it doesn't get said. It's not talked about, and oftentimes the doctors won't bring it up. That's why it's important that patients bring it up. Patients ask the questions. It's the same if you go in for, say, STI testing, um, and you're going to get checked for all different sexually transmitted infections. A lot of times people go in and just like, hey, um, can you test me for everything? People don't realize that when you say test me for everything, Everything isn't the same at every single clinic or doctor's office. It depends on what their list of tests are. So it's important that you kind of educate yourself beforehand uh, and ask them about the medical stuff that you wouldn't know. So say, okay, I want to get tested for everything, including this, 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 and this, uh, because otherwise they'll just test you for their regular batch of testing that they you know, say is everything. I see. That is a really, really important, really critical distinction about testing. Test me for everything. Sure. They, how would they know that that's what you mean? Especially if you're sort of like in a monogamous, happily married relationship and all of a sudden one partner is going in there and wants like AIDS testing and all kinds of sexually transmitted disease testing and the doctor assumes that that's not what they want. Yeah, I mean, I could just see that as a typical scenario, and then there's everything else. Yeah, and it also comes into play when um, your relationship status may change. You know, you may have been monogamous before, but you're now open. One partner may have stepped out. Um, You know, there's any number of things that could have happened. You may have been single before, but if you've been seeing the same doctor for 5, 10, 20 years, they may not have asked again. They asked you the first time you came in, were you sexually active? Yes or no. With men, women, or both? Yes or no. Um, but beyond that, they don't ask you any other kinds of questions. So it's important right. that you are willing to bring that stuff up to them and bring things to the, to their attention that really great. yeah they may not have thought of. Well, if you just tuned in, you are listening to Tantra Cafe, and I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and I am speaking with Justine Shuey who is a sexuality educator. She's an adjunct professor, board-certified sexologist. And we're talking about the very, very critical subject of how do you talk to your doctor about sex. When we come back, I have a bunch of other things I'm going to ask Justine because this is so important to all of our health and all of our lives, not just our health, preserving our health to be disease-free, but also our health like In case something happens to us, how do we continue to have pleasure? Because that's what it's all about, isn't it? So stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me, Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself, and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown. And then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh, every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me. Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. We're back with Tantra Cafe, and I am talking today with Justine Shuey. She's giving us a lot of enlightenment about speaking to your doctor about sex. You know, Justine, before when you were talking before the break, and you were you were saying, I mean, some you know, the things you're saying are so practical, and yet they seem so obvious and they're not you know so what you you when you were just before the break saying about telling your doctor to test you and being very specific about the kind of tests that you want uh to so that the doctor knows because the world has seriously changed in the past couple decades and it seems obvious that to me you know what i would ask a doctor for but it's not so obvious my question is if i asked a doctor about my sex life, and I get a weird answer from my doctor. You know, like, uh, it has been, doctors have been known to be slimy. <laughs> doctors have been known to, to not know. Doctors have been known to slough things off or to, uh, to make a joke about things. What should a person do if they don't get the straight answer from their doctor? Find another doctor. <laughs> Uh, ask your doctor for a referral, you know, be like, I understand you may not know the answer to this, but could you refer me to someone else who might? Um, I feel like as a doctor, it would be in their best interest to refer out to someone who's going to know rather than give you misinformation, which could lead to a malpractice lawsuit down the line. So, uh, definitely just ask for a referral, ask, Hey, you know, who would know more about this? Where can I go to find the, the medically accurate information? And um, there, was a f- there were a few other things that occurred to me before when, when you were speaking also about doctors not informing people of uh, 
either the combination of drugs and how they that affects sexual side effects. Also, um, you know, before any procedures, I mean, I mean, I brought up a radical mastectomy, but there must be other procedures where there could be sexual side effects or there could be a loss of self-esteem or whatever where doctors don't necessarily inform their patients of that or they think it's obvious. Are there any others that you've worked with or seen that, you know, you could list? Cause, because it's obvious maybe to you, you know, I'm seeing how unobvious it is to me. So are there some other ones that are just, uh, they're like right there, you've worked with them, you've heard, you've seen, you've talked about it, and yet it may not be obvious even though it seems like it would be? Uh, any sort of traumatic brain injury? Um, a broken arm or a broken leg, something that's going to affect your mobility, um, any sort of uh, operation that would affect the pelvic region. So for women, um, anything related to the uterus, so a hysterectomy, something along those lines, um, really any any operation whatsoever could somehow have an effect. It may not be a permanent effect. It could only last a few weeks, but I don't know about all of you, but I, I don't want to not be able to have sex at all for a few weeks or a few months or however long that recovery period is. I'm okay with adapting my sexuality, but to say I can't be a sexual being for a few weeks to a few months at a time, eh, that's not going to sit well with me, and I'm sure it won't sit well with a lot of other people. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Two things come to mind uh, when I'm thinking. One time I did, I broke my wrist years ago, and I remember I I I was with a partner at the time, and uh, you know I broke my wrist, and it wasn't necessarily about having sex. We had that okay, but the thing for me that was the most, uh, I it's the thing I remember the most was he had to take me, you know, put my cast, which was from my thumb all the way up above my bicep on my left arm so it was like a 90 degree angle cast that at night I used to have to hang up like behind my head in the bed because it my somehow my arm was moving in the cast and they did, they wanted me to not move at night so they so I had to hang my arm up it was really quite a a drag this thing it was so big and bulky and I remember he had to give me a shower and he washed my hair, and then he shaved my legs, and I cried. I mean, to me, that was as sensual and as humbling and as surrendering an experience as I had ever had. And I wasn't prepared for that. You know, I didn't, I never thought about how I was going to get my jeans on or shave my legs, <laughs> you know, with my arm in this thing that looked like a, you know, um, <laughs> looked like a piece of machinery. And uh, I remember that. I just remember that standing out for me. I remember that as the experience. And then the other thing that just comes into mind immediately is menopause. Mm -hmm. And when I was in the throes of menopause, I'm not now. And also I take bioidentical hormones now. I've had a show or two about that, and I have a sponsor about that, so I recommend bioidentical hormones to all women and men. Uh, but, uh, you know, who can safely take them? I can't say all. I'm not a doctor. But uh, menopause was just the most ridiculous thing, try, having, trying to have sex 
on menopause when I, my body would start breaking out in a, in a, um, in a heat wave. And then st- I would start sweating and I would say to my partner, I, I know I'm sweating right now. <laughs> I know you feel there's a, there's a heat wave happening. It's, it's me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was, uh, it was so, uh, at times it was embarrassing. You know, I would all of a sudden be soaking wet and not sexually soaking wet, just wet, like all over perspiring from my, from the tip of my head to the tip of my toes. And I, I, you know, do you, do you address that as well in your talks with doctors? Absolutely. We talked to them about all of that. I was actually, I had to deliver a bunch of dildos to the medical school. We got realistic dildos so that our med students could demonstrate, or our our male uh, teaching associates could demonstrate for the doctors how to properly put on condoms uh, when they're teaching the urological exams. And so I'm delivering it, and I'm delivering it to all these women who come into the office to see as I'm dropping them off, and they're all asking me about lubricant, because they're going through menopause and they're experiencing vaginal dryness. And I'm like, you should really talk to your doctor and find out what you can do about that. And they're like, wow, I I never thought to have the conversation with my doctor about that. But they can recommend things that, you know, will increase vaginal lubrication for you. Um, They can help with the hot flashes. They can help with all those things. But the doctors aren't going to know to tell you that information unless you ask about it. A lot of doctors uh, and, and future doctors are scared to talk to uh, older women about sexuality uh, because it's like talking to their mother or grandmother for some of these students. I mean, you got to remember some of these med students are like 22, 23 years old. That could be a little weird for them, but if you bring it up, they're going to be able to give you the information because they know it. You just sometimes have to ask for it. Well, I hope so. I mean, I, I really do hope they know there's other, there are other resources too. I mean, and I've had guests on this show, just so you know. I've had past guests on this show who talk about vaginal atrophy and dryness and soreness and all those kinds of things. And I also, one of my sponsors is a is a fabulous lubricant, so uh, Silk. Uh, so I, I hope that they that they get up to speed on these things and that they know about these things. And I love that you're doing that. I also I've had some doctors and. Um, uh, physicians, gynecologists in my tantra classes, and I also recommend that they tell women about the the crystal wand, about something that helps them, you know, open up their uh, their vaginal opening and begin to experiment with their G spot. Because I also find that doctors don't don't speak that much or know that much about female ejaculation. Absolutely, we actually uh, showed the medical students a bunch of. We would call them sex toys, but we said sexual aids uh, during sex week to make it sound a a little bit better, a little more medical. Uh, And they were fascinated by it, and they're like, absolutely. I mean, they're not going to necessarily recommend the big, you know, (laughs) 10-inch but something that's small and discreet. uh, They'll absolutely be willing to recommend because we kind of asked the students, hey, you know, this isn't very intimidating. Would you recommend this to a patient if, say, she had difficulty with orgasm? They're like, yeah, absolutely. Would you recommend this? And we showed them something else that was, like, big and realistic, ridiculous looking, and they're like, nah, probably not. Um, so they are willing to recommend it, but you kind of 
you've got to ask to get that information. They're not just going to be like, hey, do you want a vibrator? But if you don't ask them for the information, they're not going to, they're not just going to come out and offer it most of the time. So basically, you know, what you're saying, and I think what, 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 what you the bottom line here about what you're saying is that the informed patient, as in anything, the person who takes charge of their own life, the person who takes complete and full responsibility for their health and every, and, and well-being in every single aspect of their life, whether it's their sexual health, whether it's their mental health, whether it's their emotional health, and, and, and actually their whole life, you're, you're an enlightened being as someone who takes full responsibility for themselves and asking your doctor about your sexual health is no exception. I think that's really what your message is. Absolutely. What we say um, is that an educated patient is a healthy patient. So great. What? How can people get in touch with you? Because we're kind of winding down to the to our uh, to our next segment. So how how can people get in touch with you? And where would they be likely to see you speak? Uh, so I teach workshops all over the U.S. Um, I have a website, juicyjustine.com. Uh, you can also send me an email to justine at juicyjustine.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Formspring, all over the Internet. Uh, if you just Google Juicy Justine, you should be able to find me. Uh, if you have specific questions, feel free at any time to just email me, or you can even ask an anonymous question on my Formspring account, uh, and I will get back to you on there as well. That's great. Let's just spell out Juicy Justine. I'm going to do that because some people will spell your name incorrectly. So it's J, capital J, U-I-C-Y, Juicy Justine, J-U-S-T-I-N-E, JuicyJustine.com. That's where you can find Justine Shuey. She will be glad to come to your group, talk to you about sexual health, and you can catch her. You can find out her schedule there. Justine, thank you so much for the important contribution you made today on Tantra Cafe. It's really, really, you know, bottom line stuff here that we're talking about, and I, I appreciate you so much for doing what you do. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. And everybody stay tuned because when we come back from the next break, we're going to be talking about romance after marriage. Is romance possible once you say I do? So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted something really different from a plain old Swedish massage? If you want an extraordinary private bodywork session, call Krishna Naidu. Krishna definitely has the touch. He offers yoga fusion therapy, embodiment therapy, individual tantra sessions, and even private yoga classes. I hope this intrigues you. His work is subtle yet tremendously effective, and I know his clients keep coming back for more because I'm one of them. For more information about the sessions and to find a session near you, call Krishna Naidu at 857-891-8090. That's 857-891-8090. Call Krishna and I do today. Sessions are regularly available in New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., Phoenix, and Scottsdale. Tremendous sense of well-being as we delve into these simple yet potent tantric tools. Please note, no previous experience of tantra or yoga is necessary to come on this tour with me. I invite you to join me in this unique experience during the incredible, incredible country of India. I must warn you, this is not your typical tour, and you are not the typical tourist. 
For more information about this exciting tantric tour of the heart of India, contact Lori at ButterflyWorkshops.com or write to her at info at ButterflyWorkshops.com. Well, we're back with Tantra Cafe, and I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. If you just tuned in, we just spent the first part of the show talking about sex and health, where it relates to how you speak to your doctor, and it was really some really pertinent information. This part of the show, that part of the show was brought to you by Silk, S-Y-L-K, Personal Lubricant. Silk is an important product for women, and women choose silk above other intimate lubricants because silk is gentle, all natural, and feels like a woman. It's water-based and nearly identical in pH to a woman's own secretions. Try silk, S-Y-L-K, personal lubricant, made from kiwi vines. You can find out more about it at butterflyworkshops.com forward slash silk, S-Y-L-K. This part of the show is brought to you by Tonga Fine Lingerie. Tonga Fine Lingerie is amazing, beautiful lace and silk fabrics from Italy and France. Something really, really special for that special person. And believe me, you haven't seen anything or felt anything until you feel Tonga. T-A-N-G-A FineLingerie.com all right, well, we're, I'm going to bring on my next guests, who are Arjuna and Shanti, the transformational warriors. They are friends, students, supporters. We're mutual supporters in everything that we do, and it is my pleasure to welcome you back to Tantra Cafe. It's so great to be back. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Welcome back to the U.S. You just came back from Colombia, where you had not your first, but your second wedding. And that's what I want to talk to you two about today. First of all, I knew you separately, you know, like before you were, I kind of, well, Arjuna, I knew you separately before you were together with Shanti. You had a very long, you know, courting period. You dated for quite a few years here, and then you decided to tie the knot. So... Could you, I, you know, it always interests me. A lot of people that I interview on this show, I've interviewed Taj Anapol. We've talked about polyamory. I've talked to all these people, you know, or, or who who don't want to form permanent relationships in the Tantra community. I don't know if that's good, bad, or otherwise. I mean, I, I haven't got a judgment about it, just what's so, it seems. How is it for you? What made you decide to get married, say, I do? And and then I want to ask you some questions about how it is for you now that you have been married. Honey, you want to answer that? Uh, I'm so in shock that I did. <laughs> You're in shock that you got married. <laughs> I'm still in shock that I that I that I did. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I was definitely on that uh, tantric poly uh, path until uh, I met my queen. And uh, she'll tell you it was it was basically her desire, the way, the way that I we painted the picture that I told her is like a, a life with me is going to be a roller coaster, and it's going to be going up and down through its curves and peaks and valleys and and excitement and boredom, all at once, and the uh, tying the knot is basically was 
the that was that was that was my request. I said, okay, if we're going on this wild sexual lifestyle together, I need a seatbelt, and that's called a wedding ring. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I said, well, and didn't you two really meet at a polyamory meeting of some kind, a meetup group or something? Yeah, I believe. You don't talk, we, we don't talk about. That. Oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we definitely did. Yes. Yeah. I had been living a polyamorous lifestyle for a few years. And so I was uh, intrigued by coming to a lecture about it because I'd been doing it semi-organically and I wanted to hear from an expert. So I went to this meeting and yes, in fact, that is where I met my beloved. Yeah, and I wasn't really living any sort of sensual lifestyle. I was I was just taking notes. I was a student. <laughs> um, I, I, I wasn't in practice. I was just taking a lot of classes because I felt, quote unquote, not ready to dive into any sort of relationship, uh, except for, uh, you know, finding out who I am or was at that moment, that time. So I was just a student. I was taking notes. <laughs> but you were, I mean, you were taking notes, but you were, weren't you relating to people? I mean, you weren't, I'm not going to say, Maybe you weren't being polyamorous in that you weren't falling in love with people, but you were relating. I was in the community, yes. I was in the community. Yeah, I mean, you were relating to people, and you, yes. you had you had various sexual experiences and connection experiences with people. Yes, yes. But but when I met my my beloved, I was definitely I felt I was definitely in the beginning stages of being the uh, the student of of uh, alternative lifestyles. Of tantra, of sensuality, of of uh, exploration, which is why I, which is why I kicked him away for th- about three years. So we, he knew you. You two knew each other for three years, pretty much before I met you. Yes, we had we had met at that uh, polyamorous workshop, and we danced. I think dance is a good word. We yes, said we danced around each other for three years. It was okay. nothing, com- it, it was really, you know, we had a hot and heavy weekend one time, then we had a hot and heavy month another time. But I kept kicking him to the curb, actually, because I told him I want to get married. And he said, oh, God, I, there's, that's the last thing. That's the last nope. thing I want. And I said, okay, nope, bye-bye. Nope. <laughs> and also, though, you, I mean, I just saw you on the newlywed game. I have to say, I, I didn't say this in the beginning, but I have to just say, these two people, the transformational warriors, Arjuna and Shanti, have been on... ABC's Wife Swap, which, by the way, you guys were great on Wife Swap. I loved you on Wife Swap. So especially you, Shanti, you were amazing. You transformed the whole family. <laughs> and um, and then you were just on the newlywed game, and they asked you what was the first gift you got from your husband, and you said this little book about, like, don't be afraid or something yeah. about fear. And so it seems like you were saying you wanted to get married, and we could say that Arjuna, we could assume that Arjuna was the one wanting to, who was afraid, but in fact, maybe you were afraid, you know, oh, or you were afraid of what he was presenting. Well, we were, oh, yeah. we were afraid for different reasons. I was afraid because he had such an enormous sexual appetite and, and that, that didn't always include me. Uh, <laughs> oh, are we on there? Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and I think, <laughs> And Arjuna was afraid of being tied down and losing his freedom. Yeah, yeah. I, see. I, I, I had I had a typical um, thought that everybody has is once I I say I do, it's basically over. That was my fear. 
And I expressed that to her one evening saying like, why, you know, we're having a great thing. We're, we're dating. We're having fun. Why do you want to mess it up by getting married? And, uh, I, I actually got a little angry. I like, I, there was, I put my foot on the ground saying, I do not want to get married at all, ever, ever. And then she basically slapped me back with, with, with a sentence saying, well, who do you, who do you think you're marrying? You know, I, it, it's not, it's not this evil incarnation. It's just, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just this idea of, of, of she'll turn into this other person or I'll turn into this other person. And she just kind of shot back going, you know, who do you think you're marrying? Like, look at this. And I said, I, hey, look at me. I am fantastic. I am the least boring human being that I know. I'm sexy. I'm exciting. I'm fun. I'm silly. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, who the hell do you think you're marrying? Anyway, I, I'm not signing up for the boredom packs. No way. Plus, everything, all of my desires, she's been a yes for. I mean, like, like 90% of my desires, she's always said yes to. And I was so used to thinking of the, of, uh, being in, in the thought of lack that the few no's that she threw at me, I was just like, well, see, that's it. She said, no, <laughs> not going to work out. Nope, nope, nope. Until one of my teachers basically said, well, look at the laundry list of yeses. And, and it, it took me a while to realize like, oh yeah, there's a whole laundry list of, other places to explore that are yeses. I mean, she's just one big yes. Yeah. So yeah. that, at least that was a big shift for me. It's like once I've, once she said yes to me, I said yes to her. We, we were yeses to each other. Wow. So it's a, that's really a critical saying yes. Actually saying yes is just as easy as saying no. And, and, uh, and look at what you came up with. I mean, and I would just say, you know, Knowing you, I have to say, Shanti, this is, you know, every, you two are, have been known to walk through Manhattan wearing the most bizarre costumes. I mean, part of your whole life and your and your whole teaching style is to have people be superheroes and and to get costumed up in their fantasy of of what being a superhero is. And you have a you know, you have a whole closet full of superhero clothes, which include things like platform shoes that are you know, no less than five to ten inches above the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that, that closet that closet has expanded into a whole room. Yeah, yeah. The so, bed, so the bed is now in the living room, and the bedroom is a closet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, in your New York apartment, you have a you have a costuming studio for superhero uh, for superhero getup. And uh, if she even said yes to you about that. You know, that I just have to say, not every woman that I know, including myself, would say yes to a guy who wants to dress up in superhero costumes and walk through New York and go on the subway and everything. I mean, and just be so serious about I mean, I don't mean that you're serious. I mean, you're, you have tons of fun. I love how much fun you two have. It's that you're serious about being superheroes. And you were even on Wife Swap, which was I was sort of disappointed that on the newlywed game you didn't wear a costume, but <laughs> but you know we we tried to we tried we tried we, we, we brought in the wardrobe we had the whole wardrobe they almost was they were almost going to pass it but yeah yeah they got scared wow but but in terms of the costuming it w- it was something that I that I kept secret from her not consciously because I've had women run away from me when I came out with with the spandex and and the tights 
But it was a it was a discovery that that we we um we found out that we each loved costuming. Not that just not that she just accepted my costuming, but I think on our first or second date she she showed and told me all her wigs. She has like ten different wigs of sizes and colors and, and shapes. So that was that was a first clue that I think that I said to myself, Wow, this girl is fun. She's a match. <laughs> She was we're gonna t- we're gonna stop here for a moment we're gonna pause and uh, when we come back I'm getting the idea just from what you're saying and I hope everyone else is that being romantic is a yes and being romantic is actually meeting each other in an exciting way in exciting ways uh, the opposite of boredom Um just sending roses. I mean, the men who have been coming on my show have been saying, you know, just sending a dozen red roses is, doesn't get it. And you are living examples <laughs> of just sending a dozen red roses doesn't get it. You, you, put, you put on wigs and costumes and go out of New York and you have this great time. So we'll be right back. You are listening to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and I am talking to Arjuna and Shanti, who are the transformational warriors. They're relationship coaches and they and dating coaches and they really help people transform relationships into intimacy so stay tuned we'll be right back many times on tantra cafe you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques now you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home in my cd shamanic release in latihan i create a very very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try this CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at butterflyworkshops.com for only $20. I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to butterflyworkshops.com and get your copy now and walk free from emotional baggage. You're listening to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment, and I'm Laurie Handlers. Today's show is brought to you by Silk and Tonga Fine Lingerie and Laurie's Recommended List, which, is, which you can find at webtalkradio.net. On the recommended list, you'll find hormonenurse.com. You'll find out about bioidentical hormones. You'll find out about polyamory for the 21st century with Deborah Annapole, Flirting with Heart, Robin Vogel, and Tantra for Awakening with Crystal Dawn Morris. I also want to remind you to check out LifeWave Patches on Facebook. LifeWave Patches for people and pets. Find out how to improve your sleep. Find out how to get out of pain. Find out how to detoxify your body with these little effective patches that are like acupuncture without any needles. So go to Facebook and look up people. LifeWave for people and pets. So we're back with Arjuna and Shanti, who are the transformational warriors, and they're telling us about romance after marriage. So I got it that, Shanti, you said, I need a seatbelt called a wedding ring. I think it's a really cool analogy. And... Um, now I want to find out 
you know, you had two weddings. One wedding wasn't enough. You had a wedding in New York. You had a wedding in Colombia. Did that add to the romance? I want to know. It looked like it. I saw the pictures. Oh, definitely. It was so great having a second wedding ceremony because his extended family from Colombia couldn't make it to New York. So it was just so wonderful. I realized that actually a wedding ceremony is really a gift to the people who are there, more so, I think, even than the couple, because people just are in, in, engrossed and hypnotized by, by the love bug, and it gives them a little hit that, hey, that's possible maybe for them too. Plus, my queen, my angel wore wings. I saw that. (laughs) So how do people take that? I mean, you were in Colombia. You were in a primarily Catholic country, and there you wore wings like an angel to to your second wedding. What uh, Did you have a reaction from people like that? Were they offended, or they thought it was so cute and charming? Oh, it was a big reaction. They loved it. (laughs) They, They absolutely loved it. And we had the uh, ceremony in my parents' um, uh, villa, in the hacienda, and um, at the very spot where we had the uh, the wedding, that was the spot where uh, my parents' dog Bandito just always lies there on 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 a Saturday afternoon. So we didn't know that Bandito was was you know stealing the show because he was just lying right next to us. He almost looked like if he was our uh, maid of honor. So well, I saw, listen, I saw a picture, I saw a picture where you two were like seated or something in front of the priest or whoever it was, and the dog was lying down right behind you. Like That's the dog. Was... <laughs> yeah, and, so we, and we didn't know until people told us afterwards, after we got up and they showed us the pictures, we had no idea he was even there. Yeah, so between the wings and the dog, I mean, people loved it. Yeah, they loved it. So tell me about what you do to keep your romance alive because I it's you know it's it's important I find there's people who look for more reasons to not be together. I'm not we're not taking a stand here on on polyamory versus monogamy. People have to sort that stuff out for themselves. But I feel no matter what you're in when you when you have a beloved, somebody that you adore, you're willing to commit being committed relationship with what do you do to keep it alive besides you know the costuming and having weddings you're not going to be having those every week what are some of the things that Arjuna what are some of the things that you think up that 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 you know will will charm Shanti will keep her um on her toes and surprised by you and uh, then I'll ask Shanti what some of her reactions are to that well I uh, consciously make an effort to go uh to be with Shanti as if we were still dating. If um, going to the supermarket or going to uh, doing laundry, that's, that's, that's a couple of dates. Or just hanging out working at, at our business, that's another date. Just uh, a date doesn't necessarily mean movie, dinner, candlelight, and roses. I mean, it's nice, but the, uh, the excitement of being on a date I practice with my beloved on a daily basis. And it's so, it's going to the airport, it, it's going to Columbia, it's traveling, it's just staying home watching TV. Just it's just the it's the, the little things that I try to make excitement because when life is exciting as it is, so I think that's that's what I try to consciously do on a daily basis. 
And he's very good at it. <laughs> he really <laughs> you know, it is just those little things. Like, we'll be cooking dinner, and he'll just come up behind me and hug me and tell me how much he loves me and how much fun he's having and how grateful he is to be with me. You know, it's like, it's really those those things that are so important. You know, you it seems like, oh, it's redundant. I told you this morning or I told you yesterday how much I love and appreciate you. And, like, if you say it too much, it's redundant. But it really isn't. It's just, it's such a wonderful feeling to feel appreciated and adored and loved. And he's he's really great at it. I hope I'm as good as he is. As it, I mean, I can't tell because I'm, I'm on the receiving end of his and it feels really great. Yeah, we actually do pr- do uh, some morning um, tantra pujas just to connect, just to uh, look in each other's eyes, to breathe together, to appreciate that um, I appreciate this goddess that I wake up with every morning. Like, who who is this angel? Like, I see, she doesn't need wings for for me to see her beauty and and her light. Aww. So by the time at breakfast, I mean breakfast is already like the third date of the day. That's so good. What tell us what a tantric puja is? Of course, I know, but you know, not everyone knows what that is. What would you do? Oh, they're different every time. It really depends on how we're waking up. I mean, sometimes we'll sit in a yab yum position, which is I basically for someone who doesn't quite know what that might be. It's just basically I sit on Arjuna's lap facing him and hugging him and we look in each other's eyes and we breathe. Sometimes we'll make out. Sometimes it might re- lead to making love. Sometimes it's just we're sitting there and I'll feel like there's something I want to talk about, like something that I've withheld, some questions I might have. It really, we, we let it go. We let it go with the flow and sort of see what, you know, what is, what our heart wants to express. And this is spontaneous, or do you have a sort of plan to have a date every morning before you even have breakfast? It's it's spontaneous, because sometimes we jump out of bed and run to our computers, and that's okay for a day or two, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, wait a minute, let's, like, let's, you know, let's sit here and be with each other. We're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Because sometimes we get so so excited because, you know, we're up for a couple of uh, of new TV shows right now, so we, like, want to run to our emails and think, oh, did our agent contact us? Did we hear from the show? So we're like, we're excited, and we jump out of bed. Well, we're working on a workshop, and uh, I wake up with this great idea of doing a different exercise or doing a different kind of workshop. Or how about this or that? So, so um, yeah, we're working 24-7, and, and we have to consciously get off the clock and get on each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is, oh, that's another thing that I do to keep the romance alive is I kick Arjuna out of the house. That is definitely something that uh, he actually just got back. He was gone for a couple of days. He was at his parents in Queens. Um, because we do live together and work together. And play together. And play together. We're together a lot, which we love. But I'll, sometimes I feel a little bit stale, and I, I like that distance of not knowing what he's wearing today or just not seeing him for a couple of days. And then when he comes back in the door, I'm like, oh, ooh, is this guy with me? All right. <laughs> that's great. That's really, that's really, really great. And I imagine that you encourage people when you're coaching people about relationship and intimacy that you're coaching them to be as, as creative as they can be with each other uh, 
in this in these two particular in these in these particular ways that you're mentioning. Yeah, I mean, this is what works for us. Everybody is unique, and every couple is unique. So it's really, you know, what we really do is, you know, help them flush out for themselves what feels romantic to them. Because what feels romantic to us could be a total turnoff to somebody else. So it's really, you know, really just supporting them and flushing out what would feel more fun and romantic for them. Yeah, what is fun to them? What What is their definition of fun? Yeah. Now, how do you, you have a daughter, Shanti, your daughter, you've both been... You've both been in primary relationships before, and Shanti, you have a daughter from a previous relationship. Yeah. How does how does that how does she fit into your romance or not? I mean, how how do you? I mean, I know. Listen, I'm living in Phoenix now. I have this large house. Everyone I know lives in New York has space issues. You know, like everything. Yeah. Everyone's on top of each other. So how does how does she fit in? Well, she goes to boarding school, so she's gone Monday through Friday. She comes home every weekend. So we have a lot of alone time. And when she is around, and if we're feeling very sexual, we kind of try to figure out when she's going to her friend's house and when she's going to her party. But um, but we did experience it actually in Colombia because she was with us for a solid two weeks. And usually we only see her two days a week. So we had her for two full weeks. And we did get that experience of, oh, got to be a little more creative because her room was right next to ours. And she was constantly, you know, knocking on the door saying, hey, mom, how is the sauna open? Or, hey, mom, can we do this? Or, you know, and it was a delight. But it definitely... uh it kept our, our sensual experiences a little more minimal than we were used to. Yeah. So, well, this is yeah. good, though, because for most people, their kids don't go to boarding school. Right. You know, so the kids are right there. They may live in larger spaces than people who live in Manhattan. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, but, right. And, but and, our, still- and our bed is in the living room, so there's no door. So, uh, so Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's 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 key. <laughs> yeah, we do have a screen, but there's no door. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So you two, it's brave. It's really it's brave to um, it's brave to keep romance alive in the today's day and age. It's essential to keep romance alive, and it's certainly key to keep romance alive if you're you have a high and strong libido, and you have kids. You know, it's like you I have to be is, really I think it's one of the most important things to do if you have children is to let them see you being sensual. I'm not saying let them watch you have sex. I'm saying, I, like, let them see you making out. Let them see you holding, holding hands, hands, touching, caressing. Um, I, I do remember when my daughter was about two years old, I knew then, I mean, I had known years, actually, even before she was born, that I really wanted to divorce her father. And for various reasons, I, I stayed in that relationship. But I remember when I was making that decision, should I stay with her dad or not, I was imagining her growing up, never seeing her mom and dad being intimate, caressing, kissing, hugging. And I thought, that is a very unhealthy, detrimental way to bring up a child. It's it's a great point. It's a great, great point. We're going to actually end with that point. I want to let people know how to get in touch with you for... uh, for all kinds of things, at workshops, coaching, and relationships, 
certainly spicing things up, costuming, a lot of things, and also how to follow you so that they they can catch you on uh, on various television shows. So what's the best way for people to reach the Transformational Warriors? Uh, basically through our website, transformationalwarriors.com. And from there you could see our, our Twitter, our, our photos, our email, so and also on Facebook. So it's transformationalwarriors.com. Okay, that's Transformational Warriors because they are at war with boring relationships. <laughs> or with so, the ego. Yeah, yeah, people usually ask who are, who, who our uh, nemesis is, and we all have a nemesis, and it's called the ego. Right, right. Well, thank you both so much for thank giving you. us some some romantic tips and sharing your life with me. It was it's it's been great to have you. Always, always. Thank you so all much. Right. Thank you, everybody else. Stay okay. tuned next week. I will have a. Uh, I'll have a Tantra teacher from Ireland on the show and another guest. I'm thrilled to be having somebody from over in Ireland be with me. And I want to remind you to follow me on Facebook or Twitter, Laurie Handlers, and certainly to send me an email at TantraCafeRadio.com. Namaste from Tantra Cafe. See you next time.